Hey, this is Scott Taylor. I am so glad that you have joined us. I'm the pastor of Turning Point Church, and we would love to connect with you. You can connect with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at TPCGVL, or you could text the word CONNECT to 864-479-4483. We've got a word for you today that I hope challenges you and inspires you. Today, what I'd like to do is just continue on in the book of Mark. Last week, we left off, we really focused on the parable of the sower last week. And the parable of the sower was one where Jesus came in and he talked about the different kind of soil. So for those that aren't from the South, that's S-O-I-L, not S-O-U-L, okay? We talked about the different type of soil there is. So when the the sower went out and he scattered the seed, It fell on different types of soil. Some were rocky, some were shallow, some were thorns, and then there was the good soil. And the good soil is where, like, we grow. That's where we want to be. And Jesus, when he's talking about that, he's talking about the fact that, listen, when we are growing in our relationship with Christ, when we're growing in our relationship with Christ, we've got to prepare our hearts Because the seed is the Word of God, and we are the soil. And it's the condition of your heart, and it's the condition of your soul, that determines the condition of the soil, which will determine the condition of whether or not you will grow or not in the Lord. And this is where we left off last week. Last week, we, we ended with this thought where we said, your, your, your like destination, like where you go tomorrow, is determined by your decisions today. And we said that a little bit better in that next slide, if you hit that for me, Zeb. Like we, we said that your decisions today produce tomorrow's fruit. Like the decisions you make today will determine whether your tomorrow have blessings or, or curses, Right? And so we said there are different types of soil, and he'll put that up on the screen. And, and here's the thing that I want to do. I want to I not leave that just yet, because I think it's the foundation of where we're talking about. Because what we're talking about here is we're talking about your spiritual growth. And these are the categories that Jesus gives us, and I want to focus today on the thorns, Because the Word of God does not change. Like, it's how you respond. It's how you prepare. It's the discipline that you have in your life of reading God's Word and and following His Word. And I just want to remind you of this. That while you have the different ones, the hardened path, those are the people that's just closed off. Like, it's a a closed off, hardened heart. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be part of it. I don't need to hear what you got to say. These are the people that say, don't you be putting religion down my throat. I don't need to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to do any of that. No, no, no. He says, these are the people that, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to have to work on. The Holy Spirit's going to have to help. The Holy Spirit's going to have to touch and prepare the way. You've got to do your part. We'll talk about that. The next one are the rocky places, right? These are the shallow soil. (laughs) I was a youth pastor for a long time, and today I am representing the kids ministry with our awesome kids ministry shirts. And I think about the rocky places, the shallow soil. When I think about youth ministry and I think about going off the youth ministry, 
And I think about the times when we would go off to youth camps and we would go off to youth retreats and we would go do those things. And if you've ever been on a youth retreat or you've ever worked with young people or if you've ever been a youth pastor, this is the deal. This is how it goes. Every youth camp, every youth retreat, this is how it goes. On Friday, everybody gets saved. On Saturday, everybody's fired up and they're ready to go to the altar and all the kids are there and they go down to the altar and they all love each other. They might have hated each other when they got on the bus at home, but now they love each other. And so by Saturday, you know, they found their next future spouse because they've, they've been dating for an hour and they're going to get married. You know, that's how that goes. And then, then they all get on the altar and they're hugging on each other. Let's go pray early. They want to go pray early and they're snotting and crying and they're loving each other. And then on Sunday, you get up in the morning and they're all just too tired to be there and they all fall asleep and they all fall asleep during service. They get woke up for lunch. You go take them to the, to the outlets or whatever and they're all excited. Where was this energy? They get back on the bus and they all fall asleep. And then they go back to school and they're ready to take it on. Like they're ready to change their high school. They're ready to change their middle school. They're ready to take on all of hell with water guns. They'll kind of just, you know, they're ready to go. And then they're about two days in and then it's, And the reason that is, is not because they're shallow people, but it's because they're shallow in the Word of God. It's because they don't have the the habits that it takes in God's Word and studying and praying and, and worship. And they're not serving and they're not giving, they're not doing the things that it takes to be a responsible follower of Jesus. But I want to focus on the thorns because the good soil, that's where we're supposed to be. Like That's the preparation. That's who we're supposed to be. I want to focus on the thorns for a second because I don't feel like I made the point well enough last week. And here's the thing about the thorns. When you have thorns in your life, listen to me, please. Those of you who are watching online, listen to me, please. When you have thorns and, and your environment is full of thorns, the problem doesn't start out in the below. The problem with the hardened places, the problem with the rocky places, the problem is the roots. There's not enough root. The problem is below the soil. The problem is that you don't have the roots that it takes. But in the thorns, the problem isn't necessarily the roots below. You might have a root. You might have grown up in church. You might have the, the habits of doing the right things. The problem is what's above the ground. The problem is the thorns that strangle out the produce. The problem is the, the, the thorns, the crowdedness that struggles and it strains everything else out. And can I just tell you this? That doesn't always mean bad things. Sometimes it can mean good things. Sometimes there is blessing. Sometimes there is abundance in the thorns. Sometimes you get so excited about the opportunity and you get so excited about the extra that you forget about the things that matter the most. Oh, it's quiet on that one. And I couldn't really think of how to, how to do this like being crowded, so I'll just talk about it like this. Like the things that we think are problems in the world, like medical bills, right? They'll add up quick because it's a bazillion dollars to go to the doctor now. And education pursuits, and we try to do that on our own. And then we talk about, woo, romantic relationships. Oh, yeah, those are tough too. And then we, we talk about... You know, keeping a nice car, that one. And we talk about job security because that's a tough thing to do. And then we, we talk about finding the right career. And, oh, we can't juggle. Wait a second. We can't juggle that. And then we talk about romantic. We can't. And then we talk about, oh, vehicles. Y'all have heard me fuss about a truck enough to know that that was pretty important to me. And then you talk about, like, oh, financial security. 
Right? Financial security. In a day and age where it's more expensive to do everything. What are you going to make the priority in your finances? Is it going to be the beach trip or obedience to God? Silence to that, I thought so. Y'all get the point, right? Like you can't juggle and measure and do enough. Because we want to hold on to it our own. We want to do it ourselves, and we think we can handle it. We think we can control it. We think that we can, we can manage it. We think we can hold on to all the pieces. We think we can compartmentalize. Like I call myself the ultimate waffle because I compartmentalize things in my life. And there comes a point where you don't have enough waffles. Like you don't have enough compartments. And here's the thing, y'all. If you are not pouring into your cup spiritually, then you're going to be pouring out and you're going to eventually get empty. If you're serving in this church, listen, don't come to me and tell me you're burnt out. Because the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you how much time you're spending with the Lord on every day. Because the problem isn't burnout, the problem is emptiness. Because you're continually pouring out, but you're not letting the Lord pour in. But we have instructions on this. We have instructions on this in 1 Peter chapter 5. And here's what it tells us to do. It says we're to bring our burdens, we're to cast our burdens to the Lord. Should be the next one. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you, casting all of your cares on Him. Who's Him? On Jesus, on God, because He cares for you. The problem some of us have in our relationship with God is that we have the wrong picture of who God is. We have this picture of God that He's got lightning bolt pistols in His, in his holster. He's got lightning bolts in His finger. And all He cares about is you messing up. All he cares about is as soon as you mess up, as soon as you have the wrong thought, as soon as you say the wrong thing, as soon as you go to the wrong place, as soon as you do it, boom, he's going to zap you. Like he's just waiting. God's not a bitter God. God's a loving God and he loves you. And you can cast your cares on him. Paul says that in your life you should be productive. Paul says that you should produce fruit. And he says, hey, look, I mean, if I were Paul, this is the way I would have said it. I'm the baddest dude who's been walking for a long time right now. Like I ruled my past life when I was a bad guy. I was a good, bad guy. And now that I'm a good guy, I'm a bad, good guy. Y'all get it? You get the reference? Like I'm, I'm smarter than you. I speak more languages than you. I know all the rules. And Jesus knocked me off my donkey and got my attention and I've experienced miracles and I've had people experience miracles just because I sweated on some rags and it touched their body later. They were healed. Like, I'm, I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man, y'all. And he said, I may have planted, Apollos may have watered, but listen, 
It's God that gives the increase. So you know what he's trying to say? You do your part and trust God to do his. So here we are. Jesus has told the story. And we've talked about trying to carry all the burdens ourselves, right? We've talked about trying to juggle all the pieces. But after this, the parable of the, the sower, Jesus goes on to tell another parable about another sower. He tells about a farmer that goes out and he plants the seed in the day. And then what does he do? Pace the floor, stay up all night, worry and wringing out his hands. No, no, no. He goes to bed and goes to sleep. Because he knows that his job is to plant. God's job is to do the increase. And the Word of God has life in itself. And it'll produce fruit if it's there. So here we have the disciples. We're four chapters in, y'all. Four chapters in, and we have the disciples who were fishermen. We have disciples who were tax collectors. We have disciples who did all the other things they were doing. And then they became disciples, and they followed Jesus. Jesus sends them out to do the work. Jesus sends them out to do the ministry. They go out. They see miracles take place through them, not with Jesus. They've seen Jesus perform miracles. They've seen Jesus do all kind of cast out demons, and they've seen Jesus do all kind of things. And he's just given this great sermon illustration on the parable of the sower that would have really connected with an agricultural society. He finishes up, and he says, all right, fellas, let's go. Let's go get into the lake. We're going to go. We're going to cross over to the other side. So the disciples have heard, the disciples have experienced, the disciples have ministered to other people. But up to this point, it's all been other people. Now they're going to go get in the boat and they're going to cross to the other side. And watch what happens. And on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross to the other side. That's important. If you have your Bible, if you're on your Bible app, Highlight that. Let us cross to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat, and other little boats were also with them. And the great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. So they're in the boat on top of the water, and the water's coming into the boat. Now, most of these guys were were fishermen. This was not their first time. In fact, this was their comfort zone. This is where they were comfortable, and, and, and they're freaking out, y'all. And Jesus was asleep in the stern. Is that the front or the back? Does anybody know? He was asleep in the boat on a pillow. Doesn't matter. And they awoke him, and they said, teacher. I underline teacher, because that's really important. Teacher. Do you not care that we are dying? Teacher, don't you care what we're going through? For those of you who were paying attention on Easter Sunday, you know what I'm about to say. They looked at Jesus, who was the Son of God, who they had seen miracle and miracle and miracle cast out demons. They had seen Him heal the sick. And they looked at him, they had lived with him, they had traveled with him, they looked at the Son of God and said, Teacher, maybe the problem we have in our situation and in our circumstances is that we have the wrong picture of who Jesus is. And we think he's just a good teacher, we think he's just a good rabbi, we don't see him, view him as the Son of God. They didn't. You know why? 
Because everything they had done up to that point was for somebody else. Now they were in the boat and they were in the storm and it really counted. And that's why they're freaking out. And they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, peace be still. We'll talk about what that means in a second. And the wind ceased and there was great calm. I love how the Bible says there was great calm. So there's a great storm and then there's a great calm. Listen to me. I don't know if you are going through something right now, like you're facing a battle, you're facing a struggle, you're facing circumstances that you can't handle and you can't go over on your own. This scripture right here is going to be important to you. Circle, highlight, underscore, write it down. There was great calm. And then he looked at him and he said, why are you afraid? It was the, don't you know who I am? Have you not seen what I can do? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, look at the underline. Remember what I underlined earlier? Teacher, look at this. Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? When you get the proper perspective of who God is and who Jesus is, you understand that he is God. And you understand that he is in control. When you're going through the middle of the storm and you're facing the struggle, once you've seen God move in your circumstances that were beyond your control, you realize that he's in control and that you can trust him. Now, if there's anybody in this room that's been through some stuff, see the gray hair I got on the side? I've been through some stuff. Once you've seen God move, and once you've seen God come through, the next time you face the thing, whatever the thing is, it's a little bit easier for you to say, okay, God, you got this. And it gets easier every time. Because I want you to remember, last week what we talked about, we said that the sunshine, Jesus equated the sunshine to like trials and persecution and troubles. But people have been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. Here's what it takes to produce fruit. It takes a seed. It takes dirt. It takes water. And it takes sunshine. You got to have all four of those things for it. You don't need a John Deere tractor. Sorry, guys. Like you don't need the sprayer and all the fancy. Like dirt, seed, water, sunshine. So if the sunshine is necessary for growth, why would Jesus say that that's part of the problem? Because those, those categories of soil that we talked about, how you respond to the sunshine is going to determine whether or not you grow or whether or not you flake out. I'm feeling a little frisky this morning, so you just better watch out, right? We've seen people in COVID 
that were all four of those things. We've seen people that dug deep because that's what sunshine does. Like when you get sunshine, less water, more sunshine, it forces healthy trees, it forces healthy plants to push their roots further down to find water. But if you don't have the root foundation and you don't have that strength to be able to push down and find that, you don't have your own thin, rocky soil, guess what's going to happen? You're going to dry up and you're going to die. If you've got thorns and you've got distractions and you're chasing all of these things, guess what's going to happen? The pursuit of God's Word is just going to, it's going to get strangled out. Coming to church is just going to get strangled out. Doing the things you're supposed to do, like reading and serving and worship and doing all the giving, and all, it's just going to get strangled out because you're pursuing all the other things. And we've seen people that, they weren't shallow people necessarily. Okay, some of them might have been. We'll tell you the truth, right? It wasn't necessarily that they were shallow, but it's that these things became more important than God. Chasing the fill in the blank. Pursuing this hobby. Go get a hobby. Fine, that's all good. Don't hobby and forsake God. When you're going through the storm, you know what you've got to do? You've got to trust Him. When Jesus woke up, when they woke Him up, what did He do to the storm? He spoke to it. When you're going through a storm, use God's Word to speak to your situation. You should have God's Word in your heart. When you find yourself in the problem, don't forget the promise. Like it's super, super important. And can I just tell you something? Spiritual growth cannot happen when you just push God's kingdom to the side. When you marginalize the word of God, when you marginalize the things of God, when you marginalize what's important to God, you're not gonna grow spiritually. Can I just tell you this? And we can, we can have a discussion, we won't argue. Because an argument means that you would have some point of hope of being right. You cannot grow spiritually unless you are connected to the vine. And I'm just gonna give you one scripture where Jesus said that very thing. You can't. You think you can grow on your own, but you break that branch off the tree and you put it to the side, it'll look alive for a while. There were some people who thought during COVID when they left the church, woo, I'm doing fine. I got my family time. I got my lake time. I got my travel time. I'm doing fine. I don't need the church. I don't need the church people. I don't need community groups. I don't need huddles. I don't need any of that. I'm all good. And that tree branch looks good for a while, but eventually what happens? It dies because it has no connection to the root. You can't relegate that. And I don't know what you're going through. Like, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what it is that you're facing today. 
Maybe you're praying for your kids. Maybe you're praying for your spouse. Maybe you're praying for the job. Maybe you're praying for for job security. Maybe you're praying for financial security. Maybe you're praying for your life. Maybe you've contemplated some things that just aren't healthy. Maybe you've contemplated some really scary things. Maybe you're fighting for your marriage. Maybe you're just fighting to exist. Maybe you're just tired of going through the motions. But Jesus said, if you'll have the faith of just one of these mustard seeds, that's your next step. We have a gentleman in the church that had some major, major surgery, had some major cancer and major surgery, and he's home now, he's doing good, but he's had to have two surgeries back to back an extended two-week hospital stay. Like, I mean, it's been, it's been major. And his name's Reggie. And Reggie will go in, and he's just had a lot of pain before, and he's had a lot of pain since. But here's the thing. I walked into his room after the surgery. I'm talking about major, major surgery. And I walked in, and he had a big smile on his face. And he gave the thumbs up. Because every time I'd go to see him before, we would talk about the fact that, you know what, God's got this. God's got this. And he would do this, and he would do this. That puts it in proper perspective, y'all. Like when you're going through the fight of your life, and you know God's got it, you can smile and you can have peace. But you're going to have to pursue it. You're going to have to go. What about the times where you look at God and and you say, don't you care? Don't you even care about me? Don't you even care about what I'm going through? Hello, God, where are you? Are you you awake? Can I just tell you from this story, this account in the Bible, Jesus wasn't asleep on his pillow because he didn't care. Jesus wasn't asleep on his pillow because he thought, yeah, I'll let them tough this one out on their own. Jesus was asleep on his pillow because he was in constant fellowship with the Father and he knew that God was in control. Even Jesus in his 100% body while being 100% man knew that God the Father was in control. And when you know that God's in control, you know that there's never a time when God's not working there's never a time when God's not working. And there's sometimes when God does his best work where we don't think he's working at all. You know why? Because he has a better perspective than you do. He sees things differently than you do. In your tomorrow, God's already there. He was in your past and he's in your today and is in your tomorrow and in your next year and in your next two years and in your next 10 years, God is already there because he's God. But I want to show you something. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. It's a great scripture for you to have in mind, memorize. And we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. God's in control. And we know that when Jesus got up, he said, peace be still. Like peace and the wind stopped. We're going to come back around. I want you to listen to this, please. Please hear what I'm about to say. He said, peace be still. And look, 
the wind ceased and there was great calm. That peace be still, here's what it means. Seop, it's a, it's a Greek word. That's where the word was taken from. So that would have been more like what Jesus actually said. It means silent, hush. Anybody ever had a toddler? You probably referenced something like hush. Might not have been exactly hush or that nice. Right? Hush. But look at what's highlighted in blue. It's different from a voluntary refusal to speak. Like when Jesus said, peace be still, he didn't give the storm a choice. Just like when he said, let's go to the other side, he didn't say, eh, maybe we'll make it, y'all. Because you know, when you get spiritual, you get Southern. He said, we're gonna go to the other side. And the disciples didn't get it because they looked at him as a teacher and they said, hey, don't you care? And Jesus said, peace, be still. Look, not only did Jesus tell the storm to stop, he took away the ability for the storm to exist. You need to let that sink in. The storm could not do storm things because Jesus said, stop. That's the source of power of God's word in your life and it's the source of your peace I hope that you get that today I hope that you get the fact that you need God's word I usually have my black Bible up here I brought this one I'm going to have you stand with me today just because you follow God does not mean life's going to be easy does not mean life's going to be perfect and you know what This book, this Bible right here represents that. There was a time when I was not a preacher. There was a time when God did not dictate my relationships. And then God convicted me. I got saved. I committed my life. I met Sonia. She straightened me out, right? Actually, I was the influence on her. Okay. That's a lie. But listen to me, just because I had gotten saved, just because I had lived right, just because I had, I had stopped the relationships that I needed to stop, and just because I started the relationship that I needed to start, did not mean that the consequences of my decisions of yesterday did not affect my today. And there was a time when I went through my own personal hell. Now, I've gone through a few chapters since then, but my mom gave me this Bible when I was 19 years old or so. And the result of all of this is not to show off. The result of this is I dug into God's Word. And it was God's Word and my church family and my now wife and my parents who were my support and God's presence that got me through the situation. I'm just here to tell you that when the sunshine that comes that's necessary for your growth you can either let it destroy you or you can let it grow you the disciples had ministered to everybody else at this point you hear me they just they, they'd gone to everybody else but now they were in the boat experiencing their own storm and they didn't know what to do but they turned to god 
He was their source. Did they get it exactly right? No, but you won't either. Here's my point today. Turn it over to Him. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just feel like we need to do this. Team's going to be down here to pray. If you want somebody to pray with you, I would encourage you to come and, and let them pray along with you, pray for you. But maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe you're going through your storm. Maybe you're going through your fight. Maybe you're trying to figure it out. Maybe you're trying to juggle all the things and hold on to all the things and you're trying to do it on your own and you're just tired and it's not working. I pray for peace. I encourage you to turn to God's word. And maybe you're in the room and you say, I don't even have a relationship with God. I used to, I never have, I want one, whatever the situation is. You know that you don't have a relationship with God and you need one to start this thing right. And if that's you, would you just slip up your hand, make eye contact with me? You don't have to do anything else. And you'll know we're praying for you. Heavenly Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for your word, your spirit. And God, we just pray that today you would give us breakthrough. Today, God, you would do what only you can do. We'll do our part, God. We'll we'll make the soil right. We'll dive in. We'll dig in. We'll turn to your word, God. Today, God, though, we turn to you. We give you, we cast our cares upon you. Now, God, I pray for change. I pray, God, that life change would happen, that you would turn our circumstances, give us peace like your word says you will do. And God, we just ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Hopefully the air conditioner will be work next week because it's a little, little toasty. Anybody else a little toasty? So hopefully that will be figured out. And then fall's going to come eventually, y'all. It's not going to be 200 degrees outside. But thank you for being here. I want to invite you back next week. It's Vision Sunday, Next Steps. If you haven't signed up, please do that. And remember, God's in control. We love you. They're going to sing us out. It's your dismissal.